Welcome to the Footy Rambles podcast with myself, Johnny Keefe, and joining me as always, the Nottingham Forest supporter. It was going to come to an end at some point, but it is, of course, Callum Castelnuovo. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, not bad. I was, you know what? I was truly good when it happened. I was drunk, but also before the, the whole the, the day, the day started, and I was like, you know what? We're going to lose two or three nils of these. Um, and then the second one went in, I was like, oh. And then the third one went in, I was like, okay. And then the fourth went in, I was like, just stop, just stop now, stop the count. And um, it, it, to be fair, now that I've looked back on it, there were a few dodgy decisions, Mitrovic, Hattrick. The, you can't get away from Fulham in the championship. It's just, we'll get on to Norwich, but it's just, the, you can't get away from it. Do you know what? I can't decide whether it was more of a, a Man United-Liverpool score or whether it was a battering like Chelsea versus Norwich. But anyway, we'll get into all that. You know, let's not dwell on it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the running order for today is, of course, uh, a very important part of this. Um, which is why it's like the first time I'm doing it, but never mind. United versus Liverpool, of course. What a talking point that that is going to be. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Chelsea 7, Norwich 0. Everton 2, Watford 5. Who saw that coming? Uh, Brighton versus City. Again, that was 4-1 to City. Southampton 2, Burnley 2. Uh, we're going to then do a bit of a brief overview of the other games that happened. You know, there were some talking points. There were some interesting points as well. Uh, a youngster that I'm looking forward to talking about as well from a Leeds United perspective. We are going to go into our latest segment of Footy Rambles 4. And then we're going to do Callum's team of the week, which I'm very much looking forward to. If Phil Foden, Mason Mount or Mohamed Salah do not feature in that team, then it is pointless in my opinion and also we're going to throw a wonderful question towards Callum in a minute let's let's start talking about Man United nil Man United nil <coughs> let me start that again Man United nil Liverpool five what a treat of a game in fact you know what the weekend as a whole was once again a wonderful advertisement to the Premier League wasn't it because there was so many goals, so many goals to talk about, so many hat tricks, nearly hat tricks. Anyway, Man United nil, Liverpool five. Callum, the floor is yours for a minute. <laughs> oh my, oh my God! Do you know what is funny as well? Because before the game started, I uh, turned to Faye. We went to Manchester and. Uh, she kindly let me go and watch it. And I said to her, like, this is probably, it's probably going to be 5-0 to Liverpool. And she went, why? Why do you think that? And I was like, well, uh, you'll see. <laughs> you'll <laughs> really? see, yeah. Just quite, just quite like, and then I think a couple of minutes in, yeah, uh, she could see exactly why. And she said, why have you put a tenner on Salah to score? And I was like, you'll see. And it was just, um, <laughs> and it was just, do you know what? Before, before we absolutely shred Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to, to, the, to the end of the world. I have wrote down, because we'll talk about Liverpool, of course, and I've said previously on podcasts, like, it's such a shame when Liverpool win so efficiently that Man United have to come first on the podcast because of how bad they were. So I just wanted to go through quickly the Liverpool players just as a whole. Just Firmino's link-up play for the whole 90 minutes and his press... And the way he dragged Maguire for the first goal, the way he just command, he just creates that false nine position. And I've I've always had a little laugh with my mate who's a Liverpool fan and just say that he's a ghost because he doesn't score all the time. But 
his position, what he does in that position is incredible. Um, Jota got his goal, of course, right place, right time to just put away a lovely Trent assist. It could have been um, two. To be fair, it was either going to be him or James Milner. Both of them were in the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it as well. But well, Milner, unfortunately, with his injury, but he did his bit. He did his workhorse yeah. bit like he always does. <clears throat> um, Salah, there's not really much to say. I'm sure we'll talk about him during the actual analysis. But oh my, just Jesus wonder. Um, Henderson's press was something special, but his assist was probably assist of the. So you came up with the definitely uh, up there, the, yeah. Oh, assist definitely of the, up wow. there. I, I can't decide. Oh. If it, you know, his or uh, Mohamed Salah's. I mean, bloody from, from the similar. previous game, it was yeah, just unbelievable. But um, it's funny because we've, we've given Hendo a quite a slam in before on the England games and things like that. But then he comes to Liverpool and my goodness, my goodness, he, he plays like that. And it's just a, a thing of beauty to behold, isn't it? Well, it's the system, isn't it? Like, yeah, uh, we'll right. look at where well, yeah. you can talk about Maguire at England and Maguire at Man United, and it's two completely different things. But would would James Milner get into any of it? Would you think James Milner would play for uh, Barcelona or Madrid or? Oh my God, any Barcelona would be thrilled to have him. Well, I know, Madrid. I know they would, but you wouldn't you wouldn't think about it as like a thing. Oh, no. You wouldn't think that Barcelona would go out of their way to take on thirty what years old James 35. Milner. 35. And he's look at him. He's just he's doing it week in week out for Liverpool, who are one of the best teams in Europe right now. Um, Robertson, when he said at five nil, uh, when they scored their fifth goal, he said keep going and be ruthless, which they weren't. Which I'll come on to at one point because I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but just that, just that energy and just him doing his job, just how he does every week. Um, Kanate stepping in for Matip for his first game. He's got a clean sheet at Old Trafford before Rafael Varane, um, Van, Van Dijk just doing what Van Dijk does. There's not too much you can say about the defence because they weren't really probed, but obviously Trent got his assist and he does his thing offensively. Yeah. And then Jones came on for Milner and just looks great as well. Um, and they were just, they were just again, super, like, uh, again, I don't showcase. think they... Yeah, and I still don't think they found that they haven't reached that gear yet. I think the the, the highest gear they went to really was against Man City, um, but they just they're just doing they're just putting their their emphasis into the games. They're just playing their philosophy. They're playing how Klopp wants them to play. And like Skull said, if United play that way against Atalanta against a team like Liverpool, it's going to be what he predicted, and it was. They got absolutely destroyed. Um, so let's. I must say that was one, that was one of the predictions of the week as well. <laughs> My goodness, when I think when when everyone heard Paul Skull say that, they probably thought, you know. Yeah, whatever. You know, they're going to turn it on, basically. Man United will turn the flicker switch. They'll turn it on. The performance will drag them through the game, which is why we put our predictions out there. I mean, I mean, I think we did the... Yeah, I mean, I guess we both guessed 3-1, in fact. We just thought it would be closer than that. And, oh, my God, wasn't... I mean, fair play to Scalzi. It was a superb prediction. Well, I think it should have been, I think it could and should have been 7-8-0. I think that Man United should have had three red cards. There's a lot to get into, but I think, um, I thought it was quite interesting that the, they stopped at 5-0. I really wanted them to just just put the, against their biggest rivals and to get Oli sacked, I really wanted them to just stick it in that last half an hour. I wanted them to turn that screw even more. And I said to my friend today, I thought it's quite interesting because you see Chelsea doing 7-0. You know Man City winning 5-0 is like a, like a just... 
just whatever, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, whatever they fancy doing. I just said, like, imagine, and <clears throat> this is not the craziest thing I've ever said, bearing in mind what happens in football. Imagine if it comes down to goal difference between Chelsea, City, and Liverpool, or two of the teams, and it's one goal difference from Liverpool, and they really could have put another free pass Man United yesterday if they really wanted to. It was just, just <clears throat> as good as Liverpool were. Again, I think that United were just so bad. Um, if Liverpool, I'll put it this way: If Liverpool played like that against City, it would be to all probably like it was. Yeah. But if they, if like just Man United, if they play like that against Atalanta, yeah, they'll win three two. But if they play like that against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. And there was just some, there were just some unbelievable moments from just the running defenders running into each other, just the just not marking men again. I said, I find it, I said in my group chat, I find it so interesting that Luke Shaw and Maguire look like Roberto Carlos and Poyal for um, Gareth Southgate, but they come into the Man United squad under Ali and they look like, <clears throat> like they do. Do you know what I mean? They look like a couple of Norwich defenders. I must say, <laughs> I like that by the way. I've, I must say, I've got written down, they've got three things. One, the Paul Scholes prediction. Number two, the Man U defence was all over the place. I mean, they crashed into each other at one point just because they were watching. They were just ball watching. They weren't watching the players. They weren't marking their own players. It was just it was sham, It was just shambolic. But then I've also got that De Gea actually saved them in a way. He, he stops it being a ridiculous rugby scoreline, to be quite frank. It was, and that's that's embarrassing when you, you know, fair enough, he's there to do a job, but so is the rest of the team. Um and it's actually quite interesting because you listen to some of the radio stations, TalkSport, for example. Um, Man United didn't need Ronaldo. They didn't need Jadon Sancho. They just didn't need those players. Um, they, they needed a, Mc, a McFred or whatever we're calling them. They needed somebody who is... <laughs> a replacement. Real, they needed a Jorginho, a Kante, a Calvin Phillips. Rodri. Rodri, yeah. They just needed that type of player in the middle of midfield because at the moment you know they've they've got Paul Pogba who quite frankly doesn't look like he wants to be there half the time um, and other than that well, that's what I was going to come on to as well with, obviously, Ollie's just a joke, so we don't really need to go too much into ripping him apart. But the substitution at half-time, I thought, this is the thing with Ollie. His plan A is always just plan A, and his plan B is like plan A, kind of. It's like just like-for-like replacements all the time. Now, it's half-time, <clears throat> you're 3-0 down at home to Liverpool. Oh, and no. Oh, my God. 4-0 down at home to Liverpool, right? And... There's, there's no way. There's like, you like Newcastle came from four 0 down against um, Arsenal to draw four that time. You've got to come in the second half with something. You, you got booed down the tunnel. You've got to come with something. He's got Sancho, Lingard, Cavani on the bench, and he brings on Pogba to replace Greenwood. Now, for me, one thing that I've, I've come to notice with Oli is that his trust. He only trusts certain players. And I find it so baffling that they renewed Eric Bailly's contract at the beginning of the season and have, have not played him. Like, he's got pace that he could have just bought, could have bought Bailly on to replace one of the centre-backs because that was a key area that was getting penetrated. And he could have bought an attacker on for one of his midfielders or he could have just changed the system in some sort of way to have a go in, in other ways. And there was just nothing. It was just 
Pogba on for Greenwood and he gets a red card after 15 minutes. And it was just like, there was no, there was no tenacity. There was nothing that you ever thought like they would, they'd come back. Like against Atalanta, it was like, okay, Atalanta are poor. So they'll probably pull some out because they got the players. But against Liverpool, you just like, it's probably going to be, they could double the score. I said to Faye at 4-0, it could be 8-0 by the yeah. second half. And it would not surprise me. And when they got a red card, I thought it was going to be 8-0 or really did. Um, but they could have got more red cards. He could have, uh, Ronaldo could have got a red card. Bruno yeah. Fernandes could have got a red card. They just lost their heads. It was it was truly, truly shy. I think Bruno Fernandes' one was worse. The two foot from behind, lunge off the ground, just went straight through Curtis Jones, nowhere near the ball. Straight red card for me. And Ronaldo's just very lucky that the ball was, was there for him to kick. Oh my goodness. It was a very, very, very petulant thing, wasn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, do you know what? They gave up playing for the shirt, for the team and everything like that. And the fans don't deserve that in the slightest. They pay a lot of money to go to Old Trafford and the fans just did not deserve that. Liverpool fans had a field day, quite frankly. But if you were a Manchester United, Manchester United supporter yesterday or whenever it was, um, it, it, it was a very, very low point and Solskjaer shouldn't be in that job at the moment. He just shouldn't be. He's not big enough for that job. He, he doesn't have the tactical nous to come up against a Jurgen Klopp, a Pep Guardiola. Um, he just, he can't... Brendan Rodgers. He just doesn't... Well, yeah, probably, yeah, quite. He just doesn't have the footballing nous to be able to do that. He's managed Cardiff and Moldova, is it? Those two? No, it's someone in the Norwegian league or something. With beginning yeah. with an M, it was something yeah. mad. Do you know I've heard it that many times today? It's, it's it, you know, it's, it's not even rubbed off on me. But the thing, yeah. Anyway, I think we could genuinely bark at that until the clouds come home. But ultimately, um, Mo Salah is the best player in the world. When you're able to put someone to the sword like that, God, I love that phrase last week. But when you do <laughs> put a team to the sword like that, hat trick, and just the way he played and he does it he's done it week in week out now he, he is the best player in the world currently on form no doubt joint for me with Benzema but yeah he's he's clawed himself he's clawed High himself role of the century there my goodness yeah but I mean the other week I said he wasn't like uh, Benzema was probably about eight goal eight goal contributions ahead of him and he's clawed himself um weekly but I mean still you cannot roll your eyes but Benzema has just scored two goals that won them another international tournament whilst doing it in the Champions League whilst doing it in La Liga and he's got um, one goal contribution less than Salah for his club in all competitions but he's also got the international as well so for there to be one goal contribution apart from the two um, I would say that they're both very much going I mean Salah's the best player in the Premier League by a country yard Um, it's not even close he's better than ever everyone in the world other than Benzema and Haaland's been injured. His goal ratio, like his contribution ratio is mad. I think he's played like six games and he's like two or three goals behind the two of them contribution wise. So there are players out there that I think the, um, this country loves to ignore because we want to have the best player in the world, which I understand, but Salah is definitely, yeah, he is. Um, There's no way you can argue that he's in that bracket. And yeah, I would say, I would say if I had to pick between the like Salah and Benzema, I don't see Benzema enough to say Benzema. And I think that's why it's so easy to say that Salah is the best. Um, so yeah, he's he's just absolutely incredible. Like just the, he's worked so much on his actual um <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going. He's actually picked up so much 
on his like assists, like the way that he finds players now. I <clears throat> I used to watch him and argue that he wasn't as good because he'd take uh, he'd take a certain amount of shots and put one or two away. Now he's putting all of his shots away and he's finding players and getting assists and they're ridiculous assists as well. Four goal contributions away from home against Man United uh, is just you can't look past oh, it. Yeah. And, I mean, everyone the everyone who captained him at the weekend. Well, I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled because the first, the Saturday, the Friday and the Saturday were just looking shocking for me. And then all of a sudden you see an assist and go, yeah, cool. I'm happy with that. Uh, but a goal would be nice. Obviously, goal comes in, a few bets are won by the sounds of it. Everyone's very happy. Second goal, this is just turning into something great. Third goal, everyone's in dreamland. In fact, everyone's just thinking, why did I not use triple cap? But never mind, <laughs> never mind. You can't have everything. Listen, we've given Man United a hammering. We love Liverpool. We love watching Liverpool play. Um, I did make the prediction at the beginning of uh, the, you know this series of podcasts that Man United were going to win the title. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I was talking, you know, at the time I thought I was talking sense. I now see the errors in my ways and know that I was talking bollocks is quite honestly that. So um, who do I think will win the league? I think Liverpool are going to win the league. Why? I think Liverpool are going to absolutely blast the world. I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking, and I thought that you would say something along these lines. And I thought, I thought, who, who do you think is the best team in the world right now? Uh, well, Man City. Really? Yeah, I do. So why don't you think they're going to win the league? I just don't think they're going to, I, I think the, the lack of uh, number nine is going to let them down. Whereas, the um, the goal the goals do come from a lot of different directions, but then they've struggled against certain teams when they've played against them. Whereas Liverpool have walked a lot of teams so far, and they've got three attacking players that can all score goals. But they've only that Liverpool are a point ahead of Man City without that number nine. And if they haven't got a number nine, then they can't be the best team in the world if they're not going to win the league and not have that number nine currently. I, I, I think it's the depth of the squad that gives Man City the edge for me as well. To be honest with you, they can just rotate their team. Mares didn't start the other day. I, think, I don't think he did anyway. I, I've got a feeling that Mares didn't start and then he comes on and scores a couple, you know, it, it's just that type of rotation. I can't remember quite what it was, what the setup of the team was, but they have got goals from here, there and everywhere. Whereas with Liverpool, they've relied very heavily on two individuals, one very much in particular. Um, and of course, on the other person being Mane. Um, so that's why I think that Man Manchester City are the best team in the world. But we've not actually spoke about my prediction and the team that is top of the league right now who did put teams away that Liverpool have failed to put away. Well, let's talk about that. So Chelsea 7, Norwich 0. My God, I I watched the full thing and it was... I spoke to my brother earlier on today who is a huge Chelsea supporter and he just looked at me when I said, did you watch the Chelsea game? And he just went like that. What do you think? <laughs> and I went... <laughs> Understandably so. Um, yeah, Chelsea 7. <laughs> Fair play to them. No Werner, no Lukaku, no problem. No striker. No mm. striker, no problem. Um, Mason Mount was unplayable in that game. Um, Hat-trick hero, superb. Fair enough, he missed a penalty. Got his, got the chance to redeem himself and he tucked it away very nicely. Um, apparently, when he scored the goal, his first goal, he went, it's about bloody time. <laughs> <laughs> and it just tells you how how much of a walk in the park it was. Um, 
but here's here's one for you. I've got two questions actually for you. I'm going to dominate this bit instead of yourself now because I don't want to hear the match stats. I just want to have a nice free flowing conversation about both of those teams. Okay, Mason Mount is insane. Quite simply, he was missed from the squad. Nobody really knows why, but then you see him back in the squad and go, fair enough. Is he better than Frank Lampard? No. Um, he can, he could become so. Um, so it's longevity for you that makes him not as good as Frank Lampard? Yeah, I think when you think of like the best English players to ever play in the Premier League or to ever play, Frank Lampard just springs to my mind instantly. He's... Um, Oh, he's quite ridiculous as a football player. The goals he got from that midfield position and just his all round, just nah. Um, the, yeah, I mean, he scored 147 goals for Chelsea overall um, in his career, which is just quite insane from a midfield. I was speaking about like Yaya Torre in a similar way the other day, what he did um, that one season when he scored like 28 goals or something from midfield. You don't get players like that always and I still remember that chip Chelsea um, he scored from like near the byline against Barcelona Ronaldinho's Barcelona there's you can't compare quite yet um, but Mount's got a different type of versatility where you could I mean I said like early on in the season like Mount is indispensable for club and country but people just don't realise and people just really dislike him for some reason I'm not I can't really put my head around it but they were they were struggling to feed Lukaku um, when Mount was out and I was going yeah. everyone's going why on earth why can't Lukaku score why aren't they creating chances why are they just beating teams 1-0 and then Mount comes back in and they look better and they win games. And then he scores a hat-trick against Norwich and links that play together from midfield to attack quite unbelievably. I mean, like you said, I'd like to talk about both teams here as well because it's similar to Man United-Liverpool where I'd like to just pick apart Norwich a bit. They were just absolutely... Oh, I can't even... I don't even know where to start. Like I said last think, week with Watford... Do you know on. what it was for me? Yeah, with Norwich... That they didn't have a midfield at all. It was defence and a few people up front or, you know, defence and attacking. It was like four people in each position and there was just nothing in midfield. There was just no one there. So there was no link-up play. It was get the ball up to the top and see what Pookie can do with it, which was obviously going to be nothing. Um, but, but for me, that was it. There was just no... There was no formation to Norwich whatsoever. And, and it was blaringly obvious that there was just going to be the downfall but I've got another question for you actually what would Norwich's goal be now they've got one point so far what is their goal or two points or something like that something ridiculous what should their goal be should it be so I've got I've got a couple of so I've got a couple of it's multiple choice don't you worry I'm looking (laughs) after you Um, should it be avoid relegation at all costs or should it be get more points than Derby did, which was 11 the season that Derby went down? It's, it's, it's a good question because it's actually related to a question I had for you, which is just fantastic. Um, I think they they didn't just look like there was no formation. They just looked like they didn't want to play. There was no cohesion. There was, there was 
it was lazy. It was the space they left for Chelsea. It was, it really was two teams that were two leagues apart. And I mean, in terms of like, you can watch a Premier League team play a championship team and the championship team give the Premier League team a good go. I remember Leeds giving Arsenal a real good go a few seasons ago. And it again, ended up like... 1-0 <clears throat> in the end, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, was tied. scored. And you get giant killings and you get teams beaten. But this was like a top, top, top Premier League team with everything, every ingredient in every area and the manager and everything just perfect. And then this yeah. was a team that are just, I've got the manager, there's just, there was just nothing like the red card was just stupid at 5-0 down. There just, there's not, I can't, there was no urgency. It was just terrible. There was no fight or desire. There was no formation. There was, I don't know what's happening with Billy Gilmore. There was, there's just, there's something really wrong because like I said last week with Watford, what they'd done, it just was just like a ghost team to what they yeah. did this week. I don't ever see Norwich going and putting five against Everton, which we'll come on to, but I don't ever see that happening with Norwich. So to answer your question, I think they have to sack the manager and try and get someone that can just because he he he's I'm not knocking the manager I think he's a great manager and he's had a good project with Norwich but I think he's a manager that can soar in the championship with a team he can really do that but he's had two bites of the Premier League now I think it's I'm, I am joking but I think it's Sam Allardyce time I think it's I think it's lower I think it's save like I I do think it's get away from that derby points and I don't think they will ever stay up it's not going to happen but they need to try do you know what I mean that they've they really did try in the window they really put it into like they had to lose Bandia and they put the money into areas they probably they spent, spent money they really spent yeah. a lot of money in the window they bought some players in like when they've got Billy Gilmore for oh, they're actually going for it but he doesn't yeah, play yeah. Um, and <clears throat> he might be struggling he might be struggling with the physicality because in Chelsea in the Chelsea squad it might look good next to Jorginho Kante Kovacic but next to Norwich players ain't going to look good um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think they need to aim. They're always going to have to aim, but it almost seems like they're aiming for let's try and look not like the worst team that's bottom. It's, it's exactly, it's a great question. They need to aim to avoid relegation. They're not going to, they need to avoid that Derby points total for me more than anything. Um, <laughs> and it brings me on to my question to you. Um, who do you think is going to get sacked first between Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Daniel Fark and who should be sacked first? Um, so Solskjaer should be sacked first, in my opinion. Um, and then who do I think is going to be sacked first? Ole will be sacked first. Bear in mind, by the way, I should have given you this beforehand. Bear in mind, Norwich have got Leeds and Brentford <clears throat> the next two games, which is arguably a bottom like which they're compared now against a team they've come up with who came up through the playoffs when Norwich, I think Norwich did win the league. Yeah. So they're coming up against a team that they should be compared against as coming up. And they've got Leeds who are around that battle with them. And Man United have got Spurs, Atalanta, Man City, Watford, Villarreal, Chelsea, and Arsenal in a row. Do you do you disturb the management now and and have I don't know Michael Carrick take over for those games against Spurs, the Champions Listen, League away it, game? It couldn't get much worse, really, could it? You know, fair being, enough. Yeah, fair know, enough. That's my, that's my point. You know, the players are evidently not playing for the manager. Um, I don't think that Solskjaer had much to do with. Um, the, the, the buying of m many of those players, whether uh, Sancho doesn't feel like an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer purchase, 
it, it just doesn't now because he doesn't play him enough and things like that. Doesn't trust him, it feels like. And then Ronaldo was definitely a commercial buy without a doubt. You know, the shirt sales, it was like Messi going to PSG. Um, there is more pressure on Solskjaer than there is on Daniel Fark, quite simply. <clears throat> I agree. Um, I agree. Man United need to need to win a trophy with the players that they've got. And at the moment, they look like a Sunday League football team. In fact, I went up to watch my um, the local team this week, uh, the Aberford Albion, uh, who punished local rival Sherburn 9-1. Uh, yeah, and honestly, the, the ball to foot play, well, the ball to feet play that Aberford did. I was just like, wow, fair play. You know, this isn't a brand of football I was expecting. And it actually looked better than Man United's <laughs> and Norwich. That's brilliant. And honestly, that is brilliant. So, yeah, for me, Norwich, yeah, they're under pressure. They're at the bottom of the league. They're playing terribly. Go on. Who do you think could win right now between Man United and Norwich? At Norwich. Well, they played each other. Man United <laughs> yeah. beat them. Man United, I think Man United has been that, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, Man United do have a sort of formation. They've got good players. Yeah. They just They've got the players play together at the moment. They've just got a, a real issue. But individually, the brilliant Norwich are terrible. They have they'd no absolutely punish Norwich. <clears throat> they just they would punish they'd punish Norwich and everyone would go, well, this is probably why it's a good time. This is why I don't know if it's too tactical from the boards to have. Ollie during this big run now because yeah. he cannot get through that run. Surely cannot get through that run if he stays to take on that take on that. Well, the only saving grace, the only saving grace that they've got at the moment is the fact that the top of the Champions League group, but it's by the bare <laughs> minimum. The bare minimum. I think it's what by four points. If they were that, bottom of it the other day, but that was throughout the game when they were two 0 down, wasn't it? So Mad. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. But anyway, let's move on because we've got Everton 2, Watford 5. If you needed a real kick up the arse, if you needed, you know, if you wanted your team to really have a nice bounce back, it was a 5-2 or 2-5, however you want to call it. But Watford put in five past Everton with a Josh King hat-trick against the team that I believe he went from yeah, and he Great didn't even result. get a start at Everton, I don't think. I don't think he ever got a start. And you know what was hilarious before we go into the game? I thought it was so funny because he scored his first goal and he did like a little respectful celebration and it was like quite low-key and whatever. By, the, the end by his it. second goal, his shirt was off. He yeah, was sliding that. all over Goodison Park. <laughs> it was hilarious he was just dancing around Goodison like he owned the place and it was just it was just true Everton style I know fans my uncles are big Everton fans and I know before the game they'll have been saying Josh King hasn't scored in a while and couldn't score for us he'll probably score a hat-trick today and they they will have said it and they'll have they'll have got exactly that because it's just it's just an unfortunate Everton thing but uh, I mean I had Everton in the last man standing and let me just explain what that is quickly on, uh, on the pod so that is at work we all pick a Premier League team each week that we think is going to win and if they draw or lose you're out and then you go through to the next week and I couldn't I'd already had Chelsea I'd already had um, City I'd already had a few teams and I didn't want Liverpool just because I don't touch Derby games so I went for Everton and I went into uh, into the shop and it was 2-1 to Everton couldn't get any signal and then I finally got signal and it was 5-2 to Watford I was I was like what on it what's what's happened and then I finally went back and watched it and ah the defensive play from Everton was just absolutely disgraceful it was just like Man United I'd be interested to see what those two defences look like against each other because I think it was um 
who was it that ran into each other there? That was Dino and Godfrey running into each other. Um, and they, some of the, like Michael Keane was just keeping everyone on side. Like it was his, like it was his job to keep everyone on side. It was quite ridiculous defending. Uh, Kuchka was alone for the corner that he scored the header from. The zonal marking was terrible. There was no man marking <clears throat> inside. Um, there was just like too much going on and Watford capitalised on kind of what seemed like a bit of complacency from Everton. And it was funny because I think when Watford equalised, Everton went from the penalty spot for kickoff and went so aggressive. And I think they had like eight or nine men in Watford's half just straight from kickoff. And then Watford got the ball, pounced on the counter, a couple of moves. And then, like I said, Michael Keane was keeping, um, I think it was Josh King on side and he just punished them. And there were some real performances from Emmanuel Dennis and Josh King. And there was just like, oh, it was just a bit of a mad game. Like you never saw it coming. And that's what I was saying about like Norwich, like you wouldn't never expect you. I wouldn't expect Watford to put five against Everton, but they have got the players to the point where it wasn't too much of a like when you think about it. Josh King and Ishmael Assar and Emmanuel Dennis has looked good, and just kind of need Ranieri to find some sort of method with them. Um, they just just didn't turn up last week, and then this week they have, and they uh, I had them. I think I said on the last podcast they will get relegated, and um, I just don't know that. Yeah, like the league's just um do you know like I don't even know if this is gonna sound right or what, but from West Ham down, who West Ham are fourth, from down from there, I just think every team beneath West Ham could just could just have five put past them at any given point. Like oh, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me ever. Like Spurs, Brighton, United, Everton, Leicester, Arsenal. And then that's just the top half still. Like further down than that, I just think the the league's a bit like I think there's just a big gulf between like I want to say the top four right now, including West Ham as well. Like there's just a big gulf now. There's like, but then you see games like Watford, you know Everton, Watford, and you see Everton do that, and you think, well, okay, how does that happen? But it was like Villa and Liverpool. Was it last year? You know when Liverpool got absolutely spanked seven two, and you just think to yourself, like that shouldn't happen. But it's the beauty of this game, this beauty of the league. It can happen. It's great. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen, for all the frogs in our throat today. We both sound the same. We both sound ridiculous. But then again, what's new? <laughs> uh, Brighton 1, City 4. Oh, my God. Philip Foden. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, mom. That boy, he, is. he gets better and better. Am I right in thinking... In fact, no, I'm going to double check this a second. Keep, keep busy for a second, you know, make, make light-hearted conversation, if you, if you will. I was going to Tesco the other week and I, and I was behind three people. And yeah, I that's great. They... But anyway, the point that I was going to make was um, <laughs> he, Phil Foden kept out um, Kevin De Bruyne. All, you know, what for all, was it all game? He kept him out. No, no, he came on in the 77th for Jack Grealish, okay? Grealish, who didn't actually have a bad game at all. In fact, he assisted. But Phil Foden ran the show like Kevin De Bruyne does. And that you just think to yourself, what is going on? He, get, he took after David Silva, you know, perfect. He's keeping Raheem Sterling out. Sterling, who was the best player for England in the Euros, he's been brilliant for Man City for so many years. And now Phil Foden just keeping all these little players out. And it, Pep Guardiola must be thinking, I've got a nugget here because he just wants to play football. That's all he wants to do is play football. 
he's keeping the best players out, but for good reason, so that when we play teams that are lesser teams, in inverted commas, like Brighton, I can take my best players, you know, my A team, if you like, again, inverted commas, into the Champions League so we can absolutely hammer teams. Fair enough, it's not quite happened with PSG, but the team can just, oh, I just can't believe the embarrassment of riches. Yeah, Raheem, um, uh, Mares didn't start. I just totally forgot his first name. Then Riyad Mares didn't start. And I was just like, I don't get that. Like, how is, you know, Gabriel Jesus playing on the right wing when that's, you know, Mares' position? But again, it works. 4-1, it works. He <laughs> just, like, it was 3-0 at half time. And you're thinking this is, again, going to be, a, you know, a big score. It's going to be ridiculous. Obviously, it wasn't a massive score in the end. Um, it was only one all, you know, in the second half, if you like, but 4 1 over total over both halves. What a long winded way of saying that Man City won 4 1 in the end. <laughs> but my point being, Phil Foden, superstar, superstar. Yeah. If he doesn't win the Ballon d'Or one day, it's because it's rigged. For you meant this year, and I was like, whoa. No, 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 not this year. <laughs> I, I genuinely believe that someone like Lewandowski will win it this year, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Deservedly. From, from January to now, yeah, definitely. Um, or Benzema, and I'm not like even joking either. Um, between them two, or Jorginho. I think Jorginho has been spread around. Jorginho anyway, wins it. He should win it. He was, you know, he's won, the most, he's won the most trophies, quite simply. He's been part of the best team. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Yeah, I can't argue with that with the trophies thing. Yeah, I mean the the three players that could definitely be picked out for that trophy for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you covered Phil Foden because I could speak about him for a, a year and a half. But I uh, I think that Phil Foden could play how he played because of one particular man who um, I think unfortunately just missed out on my team of the week. I'm sure he'll be gutted. But Bernardo Silva, yeah. week in week out the. The engine they've 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 found him an engine in that centre midfield, and he has become something very very special to them this season. The, the, he covered the most distance yesterday on the throughout the ninety minutes. He covered the most distance of any player. Um, he got assists and he got he he spread that play and he linked between the uh, the Grealish assist for I think it was for Foden's goal. Grealish's assist for Foden, which I thought was great to see one assist in the other after everyone said that they couldn't play together. Um, and Bernardo Silva was just incredible. And I thought, what, like you said, when it was like that scoreline, you thought it was just going to get worse and worse. But Brian actually didn't show themselves up too much. I know the scoreline says otherwise, yeah. but a, another team probably would have laid down and took it, whereas Brian were actually carrying on going for him. And I think that there was a there was a clearance off the line from Dunk, which he's not shy to do quite often. Um, the keeper, he had a few bits, but overall, I mean... City had 14 shots on target, and I think uh, I think. <laughs> Hang on. Repeat that. That wasn't total shots. That was shots on target. Shots on. I think they had 24 total shots. They had 14 of them on target. That's ludicrous, isn't it? Honest to four, God. Four went in. One was the clearance, and the not the other nine must have been the keeper saves. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, for a keeper to have four put past him, he had a lot more work to do. I think Tim Krul had some amazing saves against Chelsea, by the way, which is pretty oh, mad. He, he um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he showed himself up for the, uh, I think it was a Max Aaron's own goal and stuff like that. But anyway, um, it was a good game, Brighton City. Like they, but it just went to show that 
Brighton are, I mean, they're fifth right now, so they they are looking good this season and they have got a system and Graham Potter has them playing good football, um, but City were just that good and Bernardo Silva paved the way to make Phil Foden just look like, like he said, future Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah, yeah God Foden. It looked like God's child had just come down again and just thought, you know what? He's going to play football and make everyone else look average. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, by the way, the Manchester City kit. Not too sure if I'm a big fan of it. It did, it did look like they'd forgotten their, you know, the first team kits and just, you know, gone, oh, we'll shove our training tops on. But anyway, we'll move on uh, because, you know, th- there's football to talk about rather than the fashion side of it. Uh, Southampton 2, Burnley 2, not a bad game, not a great game. Nothing, you know, nothing fabulous happened other than, you know, what four goals went in, which uh, for those two teams was a little bit special, I guess. Well, I think um, the things that did stand out for me were two players, uh, maybe three players, but I'll stick with Liveramento and Cornette. And I think I watched that and I just thought these are two teams, you know, with your Burnleys and your Southamptons and your Palaces and Newcastles and bits like that, you have like a player that's always too good to play for them because you don't associate the players with them. And I thought Cornette just kind of was giving me Sam Maximan vibes for Newcastle, not in that kind of way because Sam Maximan's levels above, but his goals were just great. He just put his goals away very well. Well, and I thought he scored three goals in four games now and I think they signed him as a left back and they're playing him as a winger um, and he looked really good for Burnley sort of thing like the kind of flair that I've never associated with them and then Liveramento bought from Chelsea for I think just over four million he's 18 years old and he looked the way he played yes my mate said that he reminded him of a young Bale and the way he played wow. the, the way he was running through the way he was running and just the way he was holding himself and getting through players, he just looked big. He looked strong. He was he scored. His, I think it was his first goal. He hit the post. His wing play was unbelievable, getting the ball into the box. Um, he just looked like very... People have been banging on about him because he's a cheap fantasy Premier League asset. And I didn't put him in there. I think I've got Duffy who was getting more points and whatever. But Liveramento just looked like a real player. So it's the first time I've really watched him. Um, so I thought that was interesting for those two teams. Very good. Um, we're going to briefly cover off a couple of the scores here. Um, uh, you know, maybe give a, a, a very kind of quick overview onto our, our favourite player, I guess. So the first one, Arsenal three, Villa one. Emil Smith, Emil Smith Rowe, I should say. That's a bit of a mouthful. Pop your teeth back in again. Emil Smith Rowe um, had a very good game. Abamyang two, to be fair, both of them scored and assists. So fair play to the two of them. Um, Few people getting a, you know getting a bit carried away saying that Emil Smith Rowe will be the next Urzil. Chill out, guys. Chill out. He's not that good just yet. Fair enough, he wears a decent number on his back, but you know it was a good game by by Arsenal. Actually, looking like they're starting to get back to some winning ways, and um, in fact, completely the opposite direction to Manchester United. So there you go. Um, Palace won, Newcastle United won. Unfortunately for Steve Bruce, he goes and then the, the, you know they, they, t- they take a point out of it, which is such a shame. But you know it is what it is. Callum Wilson is still scoring goals, very good goal as well, to be fair. Um, so if it's one of those really, it just happens unfortunately. But I think it's fair to say that we're all expecting a uh, an interesting brand of football to come from New uh, from Newcastle United now. Um, Leeds won. Wolves won. It took a while, but Leeds scored the goal in the 94th minute. Um, Joe Gelher, he came on, I think it was on the 64th minute. In fact, I'm pretty certain it was the 64th. And he was a breath of fresh air to our squad. So he he plays he plays number nine for our under-23 squad. Um, and he's been superb, quite simply superb. They follow a very similar um, 
well, model of play to Marcello Bielsa's um, formation and play in the first team. And he absolutely got to grips with the game straight away. Um, great runs, so many chances that he could have taken, to be fair, which was his only downfall. But then he, he, he redeemed it by getting the... Um, uh, by getting the the penalty win, which you know it was a bit of a push, there was some contact. Ultimately, that's what the game's like these days. It's tough luck. Um, he went down. Rodrigo stuck it in the back of the net. Um, one was scored in like the tenth minute. One was scored right at the end. So you know we took a point from Wolves. A bit gutted, but happy about that. But ultimately, fingers crossed, a certainly good future for Joe Gelhert there, who's also doing reasonably well in fantasy football. So there we go, especially for a fact, I think it's like four and a half million. So I might even do that as a cheeky, you know, get him into the squad and just see what happens. But we shall see. Two more games, ladies and gentlemen. Brentford won, Leicester two. Um, Leicester, again, back to winning ways. But Brentford are still hammering the door of, we are here to be a force and not here to make up the numbers like Norwich. Um, Brentford were great Leicester were just better Madison back to his scoring ways really good game of football to be fair one for the neutrals without a doubt um, and then West Ham won Spurs nil very Spursy result but London belongs to West Ham again it's um, West Ham are just continuing especially when their squad depth isn't that good and they're doing Europa League Premier League, Europa League, and they've obviously got Carabao Cup this week as well. They are just finding good form and they're finding a way to win. David Moyes is getting some credit that he deserves after such a long time as a manager. And I'm thrilled for him, to be honest with you, because, you know, he was doing a good job at Everton and everyone thought natural step up for him to go to that new, uh, to go to the Manchester United job. And it just didn't work out for him. Several years later, something's going well for him, it feels like. It's wonderful to see, it really is. Yeah, and by the way, uh, like the players that stood out for me there were Antonio Cresswell and Declan Rice. And <clears throat> back to the Leicester game, Madison, I'm, I'm happy to see him coming back. He seems like he's getting more involved. Uh, Tealmans is having a goal of the season competition oh with God. himself. Yeah, he really, that was a rocket of a shot, wasn't it? That oh, kid. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's overall, but you don't associate him with goals too much. His overall players and midfielders are meant um, when he wants to be, but that goal was incredible. Um, Daka assisted Iheanacho and Vardy. I did so that looks that, like yeah. it could, nice could be a bit of a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Very Daka's unselfish as well. It was really good goal. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Ian Atto's hold-up play before it was incredible. Um, Gerhold, like he said, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He looked really good from coming on um, for Leeds. And then Conor Gallagher's strength and tenacity to get the ball to uh, Tariq Mitchell for Palace's uh, first goal was something special as well. He just looks like he's getting better and better. So, there's yeah, there's so much more going on around the league than the uh, the big 7-0s and 5-0s. We were just treated to just a great game, of, uh, great game, great weekend of football. Yeah, and am I right in saying that Christian Benteke's two for two? I think so. Yeah, I don't yeah. keep up with his, uh, who, with his who, tallies, but I reckon... Who on earth saw that coming? Two goals. I, th- I don't think he scored more than three goals in the last three seasons, but hey-ho. Anyway, fair play to him. I know he listens. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, footy rambles for... I know that you listen for this now, ladies and gentlemen. I know you do. It's only taken us about half an hour to get there, but I know that you've been looking forward to this. Um, so there was some really good results. Um Liam had an absolute screamer of a week, it's fair to say. I did well, I must say. Uh, excuse me, Dave as well. Dave has had a very good uh, very good week. Um, it's his entry week. Six points on his entry week. Oh, it is. Yeah, you're quite right. Jesus. Bloody hell, fair enough. I mean, that, that 
I mean, he's bottom of the leaderboard for that reason, but still, it's not. If he continues that, he's going to be soaring up that leaderboard. So fair play to him. Anyway, Liam, well done to you, sir. You scored eight points. I'll repeat that because that's a big score. Eight points. Um, Dave, again, six points. Fair play to you. The rest of us. Oh, no, not the rest of us. Sorry, Marcus. Unfortunately, fella, it didn't quite happen to you this week. You peaked too soon, sir. Um, <laughs> myself and Callum scored three points. And then Marcus um, bringing up at the end with two points. So, um, listen, we're really enjoying doing this. And I know at least one other person has spoken to me about this. I think he might be a little bit annoyed about the fact that he's missed at least two weeks of it. So we'll see if he does decide to join in with it. Um excuse me now in true preparation style of the professional that i am because i am a professional i'm a true professional of this and as you can see i am buying myself some time here um but i am going to go for are you, re- are you ready to write these down because i've not written these down callum oh yeah go ahead chelsea versus southampton in the car so all these are going to be carabao cup matches okay so right. okay Go on. Do you, do you need a second just to write them down? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm going to go with... Hang on. Two seconds, because I am needing to write this down. Um, so, Johnny and Callum. Go on, Callum. Chelsea versus Southampton. What do you think? <laughs> Why did you make me write them down if you were going to write them down? Because in my head... You're going to kill... You're going to kill listeners. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear us writing them down. <laughs> hey, I can talk well whilst doing other things it's called multitasking okay okay yeah, well, yeah yeah I've, i'm sure you're great so i'm gonna go with i reckon um i reckon chelsea's youth um youth system is very good i reckon they'll play a bit of that and i reckon they'll just win three nil three nil okay fair enough so yeah i think southampton really need a trophy of some of some sort because they just need to really focus their attentions on this. So I think they're going to give it a bit more of a game than this. So I'm going to go 3 1 to South. Wow. I don't think wow, they're going to give it really, a massive go. You've really put them up on a pedestal there. They're going to be a uh, wow. Right. Shut up and listen. Okay, boy. <laughs> QPR versus Sunderland. Oh, that's a good game. That. That's, a, that's a tasty game. I do think, though that um, QPR will probably win. Um, I, do you know what? I reckon it'll be a bit of a good game as well. I'm going to go 4-2 for the fun. Wow, okay. To QPR. 4-2 to QPR. Uh, I've genuinely got no idea. I don't follow either team. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go for another 3-1 victory. <laughs> Listen, if you guess enough, 3-1's go up and at some point. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, right I did actually see a couple of teams that I was going to talk about so here we go two teams that well sorry two games that I've got absolutely no clue what's going to happen but Preston versus Liverpool oh god is it at Preston yeah um or nil Liverpool. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I've I've seen um, I've seen Liverpool just come out and put absolute youth on, and not they've not won a domestic trophy for how many years? So, but I think they might put a little bit into the game because of that. So I reckon, yeah, I reckon they'll have a bit of Curtis Jones and and Kanate and stuff like that. So I think it'll just be breezing, breezing uh, past Preston. Yeah, yeah I, I I've gone for five nil. Because I, I think it will be something like that. I think you're fair, uh, fairly on the money with that. And then finally, Stoke versus Brentford. Oh, at Stoke, yeah. Yeah, at Stoke. 
I reckon uh, 2-0 Brentford, probably. Ooh, okay. Um, I think Stoke are going to give Brentford a bit more of a game than that, so I'm going to go... Three one, nine... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to go three one. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> I've done three results. They're all three one. It's the most ridiculous thing I've I could say I've done. But hey ho, never mind. So the three, the, the four games. Excuse me. Are Chelsea versus Southampton, QPR versus Sunderland, Preston versus Liverpool, and Stoke versus Brentford. Let us see what ridiculous score lines come from that. Now, to finish off the rambles this week, ladies and gentlemen, we, of course, have got Callum's team of the week. So I'm going to read out the players. Give me a brief overview as to why you're thinking that. So in goal, Fabianski. Most saves of the weekend, I think, with alongside the clean sheet. And I remember a very good save from a Harry Kane header. So, yeah, I think uh, that's a big win for them. And uh, he commanded it quite well. Very good. Yep. Couldn't disagree with that, to be fair. I didn't see the game fully, but, you know, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, Defence. So, uh, two of them, will, I'll, I'll say the, the two Chelsea players that are in there for obvious reasons. It's uh, Rhys James and Chilwell. <sighs> Understandably so, really, isn't it? Both of them score goals. Superb. Quite easy, yeah. There was, yeah. <clears throat> there's no way they couldn't be in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, am I getting it right? Aaron Creswell? Yeah, mum. Yeah, good assist for um for the winning goal against Spurs, and he played very well um throughout the game. I was watching this with kind of one eye because I was out in Manchester having a few drinks, but uh, he played very well. Uh, it could have been Trent, to be fair, but I just think that um he did, wasn't really had didn't really have to be worked so hard defensively as Creswell. So it was kind of just came down to that really the differential between the two. So yeah, Aaron Creswell, very well. good. Um, I'll start with the more of the unknown players actually that you put into this so we've gone with Cornette in midfield two good goals for uh, for Burnley against Southampton <clears throat> and just looks really well like I said before it kind of looked like a, a sore thumb um, that's not even the saying is it he stuck out like a sore thumb he didn't there look like a sore thumb because he yeah that's strange <laughs> um yeah, he looked like a real sore thumb and he played really well. So, yeah, two goals. Can't really, can't really uh, explain yeah, much yeah. more than that. Two right, yeah, you do well. Um, Yotta, Liverpool, of course. Good goal. Good goal. Just played very well. Just... Yeah. Um, he was just he was just part of a very good team and he looked he just looks great he looks like he belongs in that kind of front three as well uh, like stepping in for Mane sort of thing because he rotates between Firmino usually um and he just the press was just incredible and he just yeah just they just destroyed United didn't they yeah they did do it was absolutely obvious that he um that at least one Liverpool player was going to be in there and like you say you had a plethora of players to choose from and then the two for me that needed to come in there other than obviously Mohamed Salah but we'll get onto that in a minute Mason Mount and Phil Foden we'll start with Mason Mount I mean what more can you say really it's nothing more you can say and do you know the three Chelsea players in there Mount James and Chilwell like Chelsea had four I think it was four English goal scorers on the score sheet in one game how often does that happen? It was Hudson, Adoy, James, oh, Chilwell, yeah. and Mount. So between them, six goals, English, even the own goal from Max Aarons, he's English. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that was from Hudson, Adoy as well. Um, but yeah, they played class. Um, just move, like, just just Mount and Foden. It was difficult with the midfield. I think Kaiser probably could have got in there with a Jota maybe. Um, 
so Kite has missed out a bit, but Foden and Mount, there was no dispute in them being in the in oh, the, uh, Foden in the was, team. Oh, I can't speak highly of him enough at all. Anyway, um, we've got um, Josh King, obviously at Watford, to uh, to start the um, the, the strikers. Yeah, hat trick on his uh, old stomping ground, even though it wasn't for that long. But he just made them like mugs. He just like him and Dennis, who's also in the uh, team. Dennis he got is, his yeah, goal, yeah. and I think he assisted both of King's goals. Um, the two of them were just like I remember when I was um, when I was a kid, and I used to go around to my uncle's and we'd play FIFA, and he would like we'd do this thing where he would completely not play so I could try and score. Um, it was like, it was like my thing when I was like 10, it was my chance to score against him. And sometimes he would just wipe me out at the end as I was just about to score. And he thought it was hilarious. And that's what it kind of felt like King and Dennis were doing to Everton. Which uncle was this by any chance? Not one that, you know, don't worry. <laughs> my uncle Tommy. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> why does that not, well, it wouldn't have surprised me if you'd have gone at least one of your uncles that I do know. <laughs> yeah, they're all pricks. But uh yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, they were just toying with Everton. Um, so they, there was no way that either of them couldn't get into that team. And then of course, just to finish it off, Mohamed Salah. Wow. Scraped his way into the team of the week this week. <laughs> 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 oh, it was it, oh, it was tight between him and Timu Puki. I didn't know. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was struggling. Uh, but yeah, Maui. Uh, he just looked okay, didn't he? So he had to get his way into the team. <laughs> oh, dear, like he's going to be. I don't even. I'm not even going to need to edit this team of the week each week where he's sat. Am I? He's just going to be sat in that middle. No, he's keeping three. Yeah, keeping yeah. him in there. I think to be fair, Keep Phil us. Foden. I don't think he's moved too much either the last couple of weeks. I don't think. But Bernardo Silva was unfortunate to move out this week. So there's the few players that are really standing out. That was another thing as well for Everton. Just to go back onto it quickly, they like they're missing Ducore. They were missing Dominic Calvert Lewin. They've only just got Richarlison back. They were they're proper strapped for injuries. Like, and I reckon they'll. Um, I reckon they'll come good again um, but that was at Duke, was, that's why I was coming to Decore um, it's probably the first time he's moved out of team of the week they really missed him this week um, but yeah there's a good few standout players that are just um, that are showing up every single week at the moment yeah they're, no they're, they're just oh it's been a superb few weeks of football I can't wait for the next uh, yeah, it just keeps on coming doesn't it it's fantastic but anyway ladies and gentlemen that brings us to the end of the Footy Rambles podcast as always, thank you for watching. We will get this over to you as soon as we can do. Um, I mean, that doesn't matter to you. You're watching it once we've uploaded it anyway. So who gives a monkeys? But thank you for watching or listening even. I feel like I've lost it now. I've said two ridiculous things towards the end of the podcast. I'm just going to sign off now. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Callum, speak to you soon. Take care. <laughs>